been a service Thursday night at my home church for a hundred year church anniversary. Church being there since 1923, starting at a brush arbor. And a man came up to me that I respect a lot, asked me where we were what was going on in revival and things of that nature. So I told him where we were. Told him the Lord had filled 130 plus, somewhere between 130 and 140 with the Holy Ghost at least that we know of. And I said, and we have not inflated numbers. These have been very strict numbers. It's probably been more than a dozen that we haven't counted and he was happy about that excited went back to the other side of the building the preacher started preaching that night said that his church sponsors over 140 missionaries over 140 missionaries and I began to think about what I had told the other man about how many people the Lord had filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, it feels good to say things like that. And as I was thinking about that, the Lord spoke to me and said, that's not enough. It's not enough. as if the Lord did a surgery on me Thursday night during that service. I never will completely understand the value of one soul. Just one. If we had been in revival 17 weeks for one, it'd be worth it. It'd be worth it. I want you to understand or at least try to understand the value of your soul that there's at least one in this service you know I never want to get to the point that we leave a service where one person got the Holy Ghost and say that we had a bad service there's value in one there's value in one tell you how valuable one is there's going to come a day that the fullness of the Gentiles has come and the fullness of the Gentiles will become when that last one that very last not dozen not hundreds one repents and gets baptized in Jesus name and gets the Holy Ghost and the Lord's going to reach down and pull us out of here but he's not going to do it until that last one. I wonder who it is today that the Lord wants to reach out and grab you before this service is over with.
Could I take you to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, and 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1? I honor you today, Brother Copeland, your family. I kind of felt like a pastor Friday night. He stayed in my house. thankful to have him with us at those special services in Mississippi that night. Proverbs 18, verse 10. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is, can you say, safe. Safe. 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. To be seared with a hot iron is to lose feeling in that area of your body. To never have feeling the way that you once did ever again. And to sear a conscience is to doom a soul. It takes a conscience to be saved. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. What's going on? There's a work going on in somebody's conscience when you begin to reason and think and look within yourself and introspect and investigate your own spirit. I want that to happen tonight, or today, rather for everybody in this room. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about when the sacred, when the sacred becomes common, when the sacred becomes common. Would you put your Bibles down and lift your hands? somebody for 30 seconds. Hallelujah. I'm asking you to fill somebody with your spirit this morning, Lord. Go ahead, somebody cry out to God. He wants to fill you with his spirit today. He wants to renew somebody today.
bless you. You can be seated. Oh, Thank you, Bishop Thompson, for the words you gave me Sunday night. I had two other people Friday night give me the same word. None of these people would know you. Thank you for being the real deal, Bishop. Thank you. I never want to minimize the moving of the Spirit and the power that's in the Holy Ghost living in the presence of God, coming to church, getting words from the Lord. There's power in every song that has been sung this morning. I enjoyed watching the brother lead this worship a few moments ago, stopping his singing to worship. What happened is he was reverencing the presence of the Lord that had moved into the house. Not only was he reverencing the presence of the Lord, but his worship helped to bring it in even more than it had already been here. I thought to myself that that five-minute span may have been some of the greatest five minutes on a Sunday morning so far this year for how deep the Holy Ghost moved in. Hebrew is said to be the most pure language in all of the world. It is listed as the very first language spoken between God and man. And yet, there is no Hebrew word for coincidence. Hebrews do not believe in coincidences because they do not even have a word that fits that properly. I believe it's that way because God does not believe in coincidences. And it's only fitting that the first language spoken between God and man would leave no room for coincidence because nothing in life happens coincidentally and this earth did not come into form by coincidence. But it happened by the word of God, the spirit of God, and the plan of Almighty God. If you're in this church today, and even those that will be here tonight, if you're here for your thousandth time or for your first time, God does not have any coincidences in play in your life. It is not a coincidence that you're here this morning. And it is not a happenstance or an accident that you are here this morning. Whether you be from out of town, from another church, from some other belief system or denomination or persuasion or even lifestyle, none of that really matters as much as we must understand that nobody made it to church today on accident. And nobody just got up and drove themselves here by yourself. Nobody actually woke you up this morning except for God himself. It is not you that has made the blood to pump through your veins. It is not you that has allowed your brain to think cognitively. It is not you that gave yourself the strength to get up and come to church today. And it is not a coincidence that you are here this morning. 
If you are in this service or even listening to this service online, it is only because God Almighty brought you here to this moment in this service so that he could spend time with his creation. The Lord brought you here, sir, so that he could spend time with you. And the Lord brought you here, ma'am, so that he could spend time with you as well. You did not bring yourself to church today because it is not out of your own ability that you can do that. It is simply in obedience to the drawing power of God that you were able to walk into church today. No man can come except he is drawn by God himself. You can't come to understand who Jesus is. You can't come to understand baptism the proper way. You cannot come to understand why you must be at church in the power of the Holy Ghost except that the mercy and the grace of Almighty God would reach through the stony walls of your heart into your house this morning and begin to pull you up out of your bed and stir your spirit to bring you to the house of God. If you clapped, it's because God gave you the ability to. If you worshiped, it's because he gave you the ability to. If you make your way to an altar this morning, it is not by your own ability or your own accord, but it is the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ that has drawn you to this altar. I worry about people that are not drawn because I understand that it takes God to draw us. If you do not feel drawn to this altar today, you better shake yourself. Find out what the problem is. Where is the rebellion, Lord? Where is my unsubmission, Holy Ghost? Let me find where it is that I've wronged you. What, what castle have I built so big that it has become a fortress against the moving of your spirit and I don't even feel drawn to the altar anymore. While there may be 500 people in here this morning, there's still enough room for somebody to build an altar wherever it is in this house. Everybody in this building may not be able to fit in the front, but everybody in this house has the opportunity to build an altar right where you're at if you'll be willing to respond to the draw of God. And if you're not drawn yet, you ought to begin to draw nigh to him until he draws nigh to you. I'll do whatever it is, Lord, but draw me. I'll pray however I've got to pray, but draw me. I'll worship however I've got to worship, but draw me. I'll come up out of my pew. I'll come up off of the platform. I'll come up out of the balcony. Holy Ghost, I'll put this microphone down and run around this building if I've got to. But draw me, Lord. Don't let me be here and not even recognize your presence while I'm here. Somebody pray the prayer that says, draw me, Lord. Lead me closer. Hold me by the hand. Take me to another level. Move me into a deeper dimension. But draw me, Lord.
How many songs has the Lord already moved within this morning, but you hadn't felt him move? How many words have I spoken in this microphone this morning, but you haven't felt the presence behind the words? I'm looking at some people today that you're in trouble and you need to respond to the draw and power of God. Leave your excuses behind. Leave your reasons behind. Leave your situation behind. Forget about all of the things that you may even need God to do and focus on the fact that you need him to draw you. I need him to tug on my heartstrings more than I need a miracle in my body. I need a miracle on the inside of my spirit that I can feel him draw me again. Draw me, Lord. Pull me closer, Holy Ghost. Of all the services in 2023 we've had so far, this is the one that God brought you to. Of all of the services that you could have visited this church for the first time, this is the one that you showed up to. And the Lord is trying to draw you deeper. It is not a coincidence that you feel his presence pulling on you. It is not a coincidence that you feel troubled and stirred in your spirit as I preach. You've got to wake up to the realization of what is in this room. It's not just people. It's not just preachers. It's not just singers. But the presence of almighty God is in this room and of all the services you could have come to you came to the service that the Lord chose to show up in the manner that he showed up today and it is not a coincidence that he's drawn you here I honor you Holy Ghost I reverence you, Holy Ghost. I'm grateful for you, Holy Ghost. There's nobody like you, Holy Ghost. Why are you saying that, Brother Frederick? Because I'm just trying to let him know I'm thankful to be here. I'm trying to get something across to some people that haven't been stirred even one time in the last 17 weeks. Some people in this building, you don't even know what it means to be stirred. This is your first time to ever walk in an apostolic church. There's others that you've become so arrogant and hard-hearted that you think you're the peak of spirituality and that you never have to repent and bow your knee again. I'm trying to let the Lord know today that while there are some people here that aren't thankful to be in his presence, I'm thankful to be in your presence today, holy God of heaven. I'm grateful to be in your presence today, holy God of heaven, holy God of earth. I didn't bring my sin in this house to hold on to it. I brought it in to get rid of it, Lord, to let you take it from me. Come, let us reason together. Though your sin be a scarlet I've not seared my conscience I know today that I need God give instruction to a wise man 
and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord, come on somebody, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's where it all starts. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. The beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord to honor him, to reverence him, to be thankful for him, to be grateful for him is the beginning of wisdom. I don't care how much knowledge you have. You're not wise until you learn how to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. In all of your getting, in all of your learning, get wisdom, which is to understand what it is to fear the Lord. True knowledge is to learn how to walk in the holy presence of God. True understanding is to know how to walk in his presence and under the cloud of his glory. Lord spoke to me on this platform and said, I will drive things out of this church today. I will drive spirits out of this church today. I will drive constricting spirits out of this church today. He's already working more than I might even understand it in the last few minutes of this service. He's trying to lose somebody's mind. That's all right, brother. I don't mind not finishing this message today. I don't want coming to church to just become a habit or a routine. I don't want it. I don't want it to just become something I do. I want it to be who I am. I came to church to get in the presence of God. That's all right this morning. I came to church to worship Almighty God. I didn't do this to let somebody see me unless it was God himself. I honor you. I reverence you. There's nobody like you. Oh, that's all right. You can run to God today. This preacher ain't worried about finishing this message. You can come touch God. You can come get a hold of God. You can come love him. You can come be thankful for him. There's nobody like you, Jesus. There's nobody like you, Jesus. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Come on. Come praying right now. Pray for somebody. If you're in your pew, pray for somebody. If you're around the front of this building, pray for somebody. If you're in that balcony, pray for somebody. But above all else, let God know you're thankful to be at church today. Above all else, I'm thankful for this opportunity. I'm thankful to be in your house. This isn't just a habit to me. This isn't just a tradition to me. I'm grateful to be in this sacred house of worship.